Welcome again to the Radio Bible Course and our study of the inspiration of the Scriptures. There is a need to have an inspired message. Without it, we could not be sure of what God wants us to know. We earlier pointed out that inspiration involves two parties. The author is God. He's the creator. And the writer was man, the imperfect mortal. But for some people, that raises a serious question. Since God used imperfect mortals to give us the scriptures, doesn't that mean that the message is probably corrupted and therefore untrustworthy? That position assumes that God does not have the power to so control a writer as to guard the message with the result that it is exactly what God wants it to be. God is able to control a man. He can cause him to speak his words just as he did in the Old Testament. And Jesus referred to those Old Testament prophetic writings as the Word of God, not the opinions of men or not the corrupted Word of God. The real question is this, is God powerful enough to control the mind and the tongue of a prophet to pass along a message from heaven without error? If God did not do that, then no one knows exactly what God has said. And God has defeated his own purpose in communicating with man because the message has become garbled and corrupted in the process of transmission. That certainly was not the case. Paul the Apostle himself, when preaching to people, claimed that he had given them the Word of God, not his opinion about the Word of God. And when Jesus spoke, Jesus, born of a woman, when he spoke, he claimed he was speaking the exact words of God. He said he had no words of his own to speak. The words that I speak on unto you are the words which the Father gave me to speak. He was firm about that, and therefore he said men were responsible for how they responded to the word which had come from God and spoken through the lips of Jesus. Now, Jesus was both man and God, but he was still a man. And does it mean because he was in a human body that everything he did was to some extent corrupted? It does not. Let's look at an example in the New Testament of the inspiration process. In Luke chapter 1, we read about Zechariah, a priest, who was visited by the angel Gabriel and told about a birth. Not the birth of Jesus, but the birth of a prophet called John the Baptist. Zechariah's wife was barren, and they were both advanced in years, the Bible tells us. And the angel Gabriel came and said, You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at the birth of the Son, for he'll be great before the Lord. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. And Zechariah, after he got that message, questioned with great doubt this message. And he said, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. In other words, 
This is impossible. We are too old to have a child. And Gabriel seems to have reacted to that with a bit of anger. And he said, I am Gabriel, who stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things come to pass, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. That was an angelic rebuke of this priest, Zechariah. Well, he was for nine months silent and unable to speak. But after John the Baptist was born, it tells us in Luke chapter 1, verse 67, that his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now, what's this all about? It's the Spirit's message. When you read at the end of Luke chapter 1 what Zechariah said, which is a prophecy, you are reading the Spirit's word because the Holy Spirit filled Zechariah with a message which he should speak. If you have never heard the direct words of a spirit, hear them now as I read this prophecy. The Holy Spirit filled Zechariah with this message. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child referring to John the Baptist, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins through the tender mercy of our God when the day shall dawn upon us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the chapter ends this way. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Now, how was it possible for Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, to know that his son would be a prophet and what he would do? This prophecy given here as a result of the filling of the Holy Spirit indicates what he would do. He would preach the forgiveness of sins. He would give people knowledge of salvation. He would be a prophet of the Most High, and he would go before the Lord to prepare his ways. And as you read the Gospel accounts, you see that John the Baptist, when his ministry began, did exactly that. There was no way that this man, Zacharias, who doubted the angel Gabriel's message, 
could have ever conceived these things in his own mind. God planted them in his mind. God wanted these things said. He wanted us to have a record of what John the Baptist would be. Now we need to ask, are these the words of the Spirit? Well, it says the Spirit filled him and he prophesied. That means he gave us a message from God. Now another question, did the Spirit give him thoughts or did he give him words? Were these words which Zechariah thought God wanted him to say or was the Spirit speaking through him the exact words that God wanted us to have? The record indicates that these are the words of God spoken through the prophet Zechariah. Now here's another example in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 2, and this is the scene on the day of Pentecost. It tells us that all the disciples were together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it? that each of us hears them in his own native language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Well, here we have a statement in verse 4 that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So these men were not speaking on their own. They didn't get a little push from the Spirit to say something. They were saying things which they could not otherwise have said because they were saying it in a foreign language. And the people in whose languages they were speaking are mentioned here. They came from all these countries that the text refers to. This is a message not only in another language, but a message from God that he wanted them to speak. It tells us that they declared the wonderful works of God, and they spoke it in the language of these people. Now, it's possible that these apostles and disciples, knowing the Old Testament, could have said some of the things that God did in the Old Testament. They could have reported many of these wonderful works of God, but the fact that they spoke it in a foreign language and it was understood meant something more. It meant God was speaking through them. 
This again was prophecy, for they were speaking for God. Now what they spoke in a foreign language, they spoke with words, words which they did not know. Well, who did know them? The Spirit knew those words, and he gave them the words to speak to be able to express what God wanted them to say. Since the languages which they were speaking were foreign to them, how could they possibly have expressed their own ideas in words which they did not know? They didn't have a foreign language vocabulary, so it must have been the Spirit who was controlling them and giving them not just ideas, but the words to say, and they spoke them, and the result was dramatic. Now keep in mind that the word prophecy means telling forth something, that is, speaking for God, and also foretelling something. That refers to prophetic language about future things. Both of those ideas are in the word prophecy. Now this leads us to another question. Does the Bible support the claim that even the words themselves are inspired? We're going to deal with that tomorrow. I'll be here and I hope you'll tune in. These teachings, which began last month, are known as the authority of the Bible and they're available on cassette tape. You can get information about many of our short courses on cassette tape, including this one, by writing for our free catalog. And if you haven't requested your copy of our free booklet on grace, one of the great words of the Bible, ask for it, and we'll send it along also. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.